Welcome to the Water and Stone podcast. You are listening to episode number 144. Our Sunday worship service for December 8th, 2019 is Realize. It is the third in the series, The Light. Spirituality doesn't run from problems. God gives us what we need to solve them. Let's be brave. Let's get real. So our scripture today... The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. This is one of my favorite parts of the story. I think different people think of different things when they think of that nativity story, that situation. I think that different things come out for different people, and all of it's good, all of it's important. Some people think about the angel and the star and the shepherds, and some people think about the manger and the three wise guys and the whole thing. But me personally, I think about that exchange between Mary and Gabriel. I think it says so much about the whole thing. And and as happens a lot, it's easy to, to disregard that as prelude kind of stuff. I want to see the kid. You know, and that's important too, of course, but there's this moment, and you know the story. There's this moment when Gabriel appears to Mary and says, okay, here we go. Everything's about to change for you. Showing up with a kid and no husband is a problem sometimes now. Then it would have meant her life. It would have meant losing everything friends, family, the whole deal, everything. And the angel says, everything's going to change for you. Now, I want you to think about what you'd say. Because here's the deal. Your life, if God is everywhere, your life is a continual experience of moments where Gabriel, in one form or another, appears to you. And you know, when you think about your history, you've had those wonderful, pivotal moments when you knew it. When you said to yourself or something said to you, I got to jump, this thing's going to happen and I got to put it on the line. I got to propose marriage. I got to get the phone number. I got to apply for the job. I got to quit the job. I got to figure the thing out or else because I can't live this way anymore or because it's too beautiful in front of me or anything in between. You know the deal. Your life is a story of those moments strung together and the story of your life has everything to do with how you respond to that call. And it says so much because the Christmas miracle is Mary going, here I am, Lord. That's the quote. It's right there in the Bible. Instead of, "Eh, you know, I don't know. You got somebody else? I don't know about you, but when those Gabriel moments have come up for me in my life, I have sometimes stepped up to the plate and sometimes I've said, I got a thing. I can't, you know. I'm sure everybody's got those stories. Even if it's just me, that's okay too. But how do you respond to that call? This is an important Christmas moment. But I got to tell you, as much as I love talking about that, and I love thinking of Mary as a heroic, tough character, instead of some kind of weakling who's here to just make you feel bad, (laughs) which is often how Mary is utilized. I like thinking about that. But I want to talk about the other side of the equation. It's easy to talk about Mary's willingness. But for a moment... I want you to think with me about something that people don't talk about a lot, and that is God's willingness. Now, that sounds funny, so here's what I mean. 
God, I don't know if you know this, in the creation business, perhaps you've heard of the whole, the universe thing, you know, mountains and fields and head and shoulders, knees and toes, the whole thing, everything in between, right? You've read Genesis at one point or another. God has made everything. God makes Adam out of clay. You know the story. God makes stuff. We can agree on this. <laughs> so, here's the thing that people don't think about. Why does God require Mary to make Jesus? Not necessary, given the track record. What does that mean? I don't think it's something that people think about very often. There's something interesting going on there. When it could have been instant Jesus just add water, when Jesus could have just, holy water, when Jesus could have just showed up, when Jesus could have just shown up from the, from the clouds or whatever, the heroic triumphant entry that a lot of people were expecting and might have pulled a little bit more weight when you think about it, politically speaking, the most meager, the most commonplace, the most ordinary situation, yeah, it's going to be a kid, born like kids are born, carried like kids are carried. And guess what? I have not booked a room at a Holiday Inn. There's a manger situation. Just to drive the point home. Now remember with me that this story has survived over time. And every single word that has survived has been protected and guarded and carried forward and told and retold. So every single word of this is deliberate and important and noteworthy and there to teach you something. None of this is by accident is what I'm trying to say. So there's a reason. Why is it that instead of Alakazam, here's Jesus, sounds like a sitcom, Instead of that, Mary is going to carry this baby to term. What if your life is not about getting to the finish line as quickly as possible? What if your life is not about being done with something? What if the message, part of the Christmas miracle, is embracing the fact that you must go through a process? There is a journey to your life. If it is required for the birth of our way shower, maybe it needs to be okay with you and me that we must go through something instead of trying to skip to the end. That's hard to swallow for a lot of people because we live in an instant gratification culture where you're supposed to just jump to the end. When my son was younger, we would spend what felt like millions of dollars on the latest PlayStation or Nintendo or Xbox or Atari. Well, maybe not that, or whatever. And you'd spend a million dollars on the thing, and then you'd spend, I don't know, 70, 80 bucks on a game. And then the kid would get on the internet and find the cheat codes to get you to the very end of the game. Hey, guess what? I don't have to play the game. Well, I could have just bought you a coaster. We could pretend it's the CD for the game. Why did you do that? But it's very common. Can you imagine waiting and waiting and waiting for a movie to come out and then just showing up, looking at what time it starts and how long the movie, showing up like five minutes before the end just so you can catch the ending and be done with it? What's the point of that? Can you imagine going to Mount Everest and what if there was just a way to just take a helicopter to the top? Or what if there was just an elevator 
They give you some chocolate, some cocoa, a little Swiss Miss, and you, get, you ride up to the top. Hey, I did it, everybody. What did you do? And I think about one of my heroes, the, the great mountain climber, Yvonne Chouinard, and, and, and there's a movie that I love to watch, and in the movie he says that if you compromise the process... He's talking about climbing mountains and how it's easy to get a bunch of guides and a chocolate on your pillow and the whole thing. He says, if you compromise the process, well, you're a jerk when you started and you're a jerk at the end. Except he doesn't use jerk. He uses a word I'm not comfortable with in church. And there's something to be said for that. You and I know from the movies that we watch and the games that we play and the way that we live our lives and the stories that we tell and the fact that it would be completely silly to act like you climbed a mountain when you were carried there. You and I know in every which way that there's something beautiful about the journey. So what if done is overrated and in fact impossible? What if we're just here to be here? As messy and as weird and as uncomfortable as it can be sometimes. Now let's remember that Gabriel doesn't say you're going to be pregnant and it's going to be awful. Don't even get me started about toxemia. Don't get me started about all these things. Yeah, see, I'm a dad, I remember that. <laughs> Gather points while you may. Um, he doesn't say it's going to be hard. He just says it's going to be a journey. And I want to make that very clear, because I think that somewhere along the line, we decided that I don't want to do stuff I don't want to do got turned into I don't want to do stuff at all. And the turtle limbs get into the shell and we just decide that it would be better to not do anything. But that's not how life works. So here's what I'm trying to say. Here's the Christmas message. Are you ready? Life is messy. It is. Life is messy. And it's unexpected and it's surprising and it's inconvenient. You get to decide if that's okay with you or not, but you don't get to decide if it's messy or not because life is messy. And I'm sorry if that makes you uncomfortable. There's a lot of people who spend a lot of time trying to Martha Stewart their way through this. Bless her heart. I'm sure she's watching today. There's a lot of people that feel like Christmas is blown if they don't have you know, organically correct grape leaves at the table or whatever. And that's not the thing. Think about the fact that what used to be okay with you is different than it is now. Can you imagine uh, designing a kitchen based on how, how you used to be able to reach things when you were five? All the shelves would be down here. People try to do that with their lives. And what I'm trying to say is that clean, quote unquote, cl clean is an ego trip. What you're really saying is I want everything to be okay with this moment of me and I don't want me to change and grow and be better. Well, that's not going to happen. You're going to grow, like it or not. So you can go kicking and screaming or you can go smoothly, but you are on a journey. You will conceive and carry a son and he will change everything. That's what's on the table. So what I'm trying to say is embrace the process because life is messy and how a theology copes with the messiness of life says so much, right? There are some churches you can go to that go, yes, life is messy, and that's why we're trying to get out of here as quick as we can. That's sort of the heaven thing, right? If I can get out of here, or the nirvana thing, or the, you know, whatever thing, if I just can get away from this terribleness as fast as I can, that does not match up with the theology of Jesus Christ, who showed up and helped where he was, right? We're not interested in escape, Another way that that theology can manifest itself is the theology of victim blaming. Now, I don't know where you used to go to church, but in some, some, not all, but in some quote-unquote traditional churches, 
the thing that happens is, oh, so-and-so, they're having trouble at their job or trouble with their family or trouble with their bank account. I guess they're not right with the Lord. And you know you've heard that before. Now, it does not match what Jesus would have said. Think about who he hung out with. The messy people or the clean people? The people who are in process of being fixed or the people who are pretending like they didn't need it? You know? Now people leave those quote-unquote traditional churches and they go to quote-unquote progressive churches and I'm, I'm telling you, I've seen it there too. They just change the words around a little bit. They go, well, you know, life is consciousness and I see that, that you're sick and so therefore, what's wrong with your bond? Same thing, different nouns. And just because you're wearing crystals don't make it right, what you say. And so I am here to tell you that in this place we will not engage in victim blaming because it does not match our theology. If you've got a problem, you have come to the right place because here problems get solved instead of judged. And I hope this isn't the only place like that in your life. Find places like that because that's where stuff gets fixed instead of papered over. And that's what we're here to do. Fix something by by facing something one of the ways that that theology comes out is the thing that drives me crazy and you see it so much at christmas time and that is you know those pictures you see the pictures of jesus and mary especially mary where i just i gotta believe that she's tough but the pictures that people show of mary are she really looks like she needs a sandwich She's kind of bummed out, and it's probably because of something you did. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Oh, look at her. Look what you did to Mary. <laughs> Wait till your father comes home. You know, that whole, that whole thing. And that's so much theology right there in that moment. But it doesn't match what we know about her. The person who said, here I am, Lord, is not going to be bummed out by the fact that you didn't do everything right today. And you know the pictures they painted Jesus as someone who's very upset with you and really kind of sad and frail. Right? You know the pictures. They drive me crazy because they don't match anything that we have seen. People water down the, the message and example of Jesus Christ. They go, oh, well, he's just one of many people who did good things. You know, there's Jesus and, and Gandhi and, you know, that guy that sells Flex Seal late at night. People just sort of... And I don't know why they do it. Because like I said, it's not even logical. Never mind how your heart feels about it. It doesn't match what's in my heart. It kind of, I don't like it. Pet peeve stuff, right? Bothers me. But it's not even logical. If you know the story, this is a story about being strong. This is a story about changing things. This is a story about speaking truth to power in the whole thing. So I don't know why people water the whole thing down and make it about guilt and fear and, and weakness and all of that. All I can assume is that they're afraid. They're afraid because what the Jesus Christ message demands of us is work. And sometimes people don't want to work. What the Jesus Christ message demands of us is outrageous love and radical mercy, and that sounds icky. But I'm here to tell you, life is messy. Decide that if God is everywhere, then it means that everywhere is a lesson, that every person is your teacher, that it's all connected. Like I always say, everything is like everything. Get good at that understanding. 
Now, I've told you before, I said it last week, I believe, and maybe the week before that, I'm going to say some version of it every week because I want to bring out different parts of what I'm about to say. So I'm not just repeating myself. What I have said before and will say again is that Christmas is like life. What I mean by that is that Christmas is a compressed version of how you act all year. And I talked about this last time. Remember I said, if you don't like Christmas, it's not really Christmas. You've got some stuff in your greater life to deal with. Because Christmas is just a pressure cooker version of the rest of your year. I've talked about that. But here's what I want to say this week. Christmas is like life. And Christmas is really messy. I'm sorry, it is. I don't know what your deal is. I don't know if you've got this no way in a manger kind of an idea that everything's going to be nice and tidy. You see what I did there? I don't know if, you're, if you feel that way, but people come from out of town because you live in Florida. You're not even sure if you're related to them. They show up. The sale doesn't include the thing that you need. The lights don't work. You name it, right? Christmas is messy. Decide that that's okay with you. And when you think about every Christmas story, the stories that we tell, Ebenezer Scrooge is a story about someone who does not want to deal with the messiness, the sharing, the human elements, and so he is a miser with his heart as much as with his money. And something happens to open him up, right? And I don't know if you know this, but that very same story is present in another movie with another great spiritual teacher, Clark Griswold. I'm telling you right now, and I'm saying it on the internet, this is a record, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is beat for beat, note for note, shot for shot, the same story as Ebenezer Scrooge. There's some difference, differences in character, but at the end of the day, here's someone who's trying to control every single moment of it and own every single moment of it, and he is visited by visit, visions of past, present, and future, and they change him. And Cousin Eddie throws his towel in the pool. It's true. You know which one. It's the Charles Dickens one. And, but something happens where here's the message of all of those movies, and so many tell the same story. The message of all of those movies is that Christmas is messy, and that's why it's good. Christmas is messy, and that's why it's charming, and that's why it's wonderful, and that's why it's transformative. The things that you can control can't teach you anything because you've already got a handle on them. Embrace what you cannot control. Go for a ride with this because it's the only way it will teach you something. And if Christmas is like life, let's expand that outwards. How you deal with the messiness of Christmas determines the fun you have at Christmas. How you deal with the messiness of life determines the kind of person is going to be living it in your shoes. How do you deal with that? And I'm not asking a lot. I mean... You ever been around a little kid that wanted your attention? Not everybody in this room has been a biological parent, but maybe you've seen it at Disney World or whatever, or you've experienced it because there's a little one in your life in one way or another. When that little person is tugging on your pant leg and they go, Daddy, 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 Daddy. Am I making you uncomfortable yet? Because it goes on. Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. Daddy, and you can do everything you want to do. Oh, I, I don't want to pay attention to that. I'm trying to have this conversation. We're balancing the checkbook, trying to figure out where we're going to have different dinner. Whatever. Daddy, daddy. And the kid's like a little televangelist. Say daddy, daddy. <laughs> and it goes on and on and on and on and on. 
Now you can do all kinds of different things about that. You can be mad about it. You can ignore it. You can run from that child. You know that's bad parenting. When all you have to do is go, what? And you know if you've ever been in that situation, nine times out of ten, the kid just goes, hi, and they run away. (laughs) They don't want anything. But if everything is like everything, there is a lesson for you. There is something that maybe not everybody in this room, I'm not going to point fingers, but that a lot of people in this room and a lot of people watching, there is something that is pulling at your pant leg metaphorically. And all you have to do is say what? And all it wants is to say hi. It's not going to have to be hard. You just have to face something. And I got to tell you, if you're the kind of person who has been on the giving or the receiving end of those little microaggressions that people do, I'm not taking out the garbage. I'm not doing the thing. I know you want me to be there at 7, but I'm going to be there at 7.30. Those little moments, microaggressions, whether you're giving them or receiving them, come from someone not facing it, whatever it happens to be. That little kid pulling at your pant leg. And all you got to do is say, what? What? Okay, I'm here. People think they're not worthy to face their life. They think, I don't want to be worldly. It's somehow not spiritual to take out the garbage. But everything is like everything. It's all spiritual. Face the thing. So here's what I'm trying to say. You are God's gift to time and space. Your life is a crucible for victory. Big words. So what if I say it this way? It might be that you're trying to run from something, but that something you're trying to run from is the key to your deliverance. Maybe it doesn't feel like running. Maybe it feels like ignoring. You get to use whatever words you want. But to the degree that you face your life, to the degree that you get real with it, it will get real for you. The thing that you're walking away from is the subject, the object, the delivery of your deliverance. Gabriel appears to Mary and says, you have found favor with the Lord, and that sounds weird and creepy, doesn't it? I think a lot of times it's easy to read that part and go, is this like a high school thing where the angel goes, you know, God likes you. Ooh. But we're not talking about Zeus. It doesn't work that way. Remember, God looked at the whole world and said, good and very good. You're liked. God likes everybody. You have found favor with the Lord does not mean God likes you better. God doesn't roll like that. But as it turns out, there's another way to read that little passage. You have found favor with the Lord. Come with me here. What if it's more like, you have found weight loss with kale, or you have found gas with Texaco. You have found a way with a thing. You have found favor with the Lord, is Gabriel saying to Mary, you have figured out a way that life works for you by going the way God wants you to go. It's not about whether or not God likes you any more than Texaco likes you. I know Kale don't like me. It's not about whether or not God likes you. It's about the fact that Mary is willing to give things up to God. That's why she's able to find the strength to go, here I am. I don't know how this is going to work out. It looks dangerous, but I know who's with me. You have found favor with the Lord means you're tough enough. You got this. And it is the message for Mary, and it is the message for you. That's how this works. It's the message for you. Let's not paper over the places where we're growing anymore. You want a good Christmas? Get real with Christmas. Maybe you're going to see people you don't see all the time. Maybe it's time to make that peace, make that amends, ask for that forgiveness, give a little bit of it. It ain't on sale. (laughs) 
but it's more precious. It's time to get real with something. I think about that John Steinbeck quote where he says, what makes people wonderful is not the places where they're done because life is dynamic and we are a dynamic people. The beauty of, of your life and your existence is that it is, it is stained with blood and sweat and tears. The beauty and the, the, the wonder of your existence is that you, these are so many visions and dreams that have combined to make you who you are. It's not ever clean. Stop trying to be done. That's not where great comes from. And here's the quote. John Steinbeck says, We are not great, but we are fitted by our very faults for greatness. Fitted by our faults for greatness. In other words, the places where you can grow, those are the places that carry you somewhere. Necessity being the mother of invention and all that. Fitted by your faults for greatness. So what if we stop trying to be something that we're not and we start saying, you know what, I need to grow about this. I got to figure out how to forgive people. How are you going to learn otherwise? I got to figure out how to, I don't know, lose a couple pounds, be better with my money, not eat every donut. How many Christmas? Come on, you can have one or two. But you know what I mean? What if we face it? What if it's okay? What I want you to know is that if God is everywhere, each and every moment, the happy times and the not-so-happy times, God's always talking. The angel is always calling to you, saying, you know something about what works. Maybe you don't know everything, but who does? You know something that works. You know what it's like to be kind to be honest, to be forgiving. You know how love works in your life. It has moved you in one way or the other, big or small. You have found favor with the Lord. You have what it takes to get through whatever you need to get through the moment you admit that you're getting through something because you are not alone. And in fact, you are empowered and you are alive and you are beautiful and you are loved and you are free. Because after all, freedom is a choice. Thank you. Hey, this is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for listening along to the services and being a part of this extended church family. I love the idea that it's not something that's bound by a particular physical location, although I want you to know that you're always welcome to come join us. Our street address is 1000 3rd Street South in St. Petersburg, Florida. It's an amazing thing to be a part of this physical community. But one way or another, I want you to know that you're part of a larger family. And this meaning series that we're working on has to do with finding out what really matters in your life and making a life that matters for everybody. So with that in mind, there's all kinds of things that I want you to know about. There's all kinds of things to try and do that's going to make a difference in your life. And to find out more about the different homework and kind of things that we have going on, please find us on the web at waterandstonechurch.com. That's waterandstonechurch.com, all spelled out. And you can find uh, our address, service times, links to all kinds of things that we're doing, and most importantly, links to find us on all kinds of social media. We'll be posting a lot of movies and things on Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter. You can subscribe to our newsletter, all of that. The two big important links are, once again, waterandstonechurch.com and at 
Waterstone Min, M-I-N, at Waterstone Min. That's where we are on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. So find us in those places. We'll be looking for you.